Christina Bullman is going to play as the Lamb of God on her clarinet. on the musical portion of this evening uh, uh, it's not Hunter Sawyer Cassidy Sawyer is going to share us a song <laughs> uh, I can only imagine I just want to say a few words before I start before I sing it um it was a few years back when this song was put out by a group, Mercy Me, and the first time I heard it, I was in the boat working, and I was just sitting there, and I heard this song, and it, it, it spoke to me, you know, it just, it was one of them things when it just hit you, you know, and I was sitting there thinking, what will it be like when we see the person who took our place on the cross? What will it be like when we see him face to face? And that's what the songwriter had in mind when he wrote this song, I'm sure. It's called, I Can Only Imagine What It Will Be Like When We See Our King Face to Face. And uh, I haven't practiced it. It's been a long time since I sang it. So I hope it's okay. I can only imagine.
can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. Could you turn it up one little bit? I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel when I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all you be still, will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can I can only imagine I can only imagine When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I will do Is forever Forever worship you
Well, um, really all we can do is imagine, right? We got two microphones going in. It's not going to work. We had uh, Brother John Loudon scheduled to be with us this evening. Come forward to share in the site's family night. And um, so I'm going to ask him to come up here now. And I just want you to not look at your clock for a while. We're going to give him an extension <laughs> on his time, right, so that we can hear what the Lord has laid on his heart because sooner or later we all will be standing in the Lord's presence. And I have in mind that the Lord would like us to imagine a lot more people being there as a result of the work that he's called us to do and the work that he's called a lot of other full-time missionaries to do in the service of the king to bring the gospel to faraway places where the rest of us can't go. And so I know you've got a question from the question box that I don't know whether you'll do that first or whether you want to get back to Jonah, but we want to invite you to come on up here and you disregard that clock for a while yourself. All right, brother? And uh, open God's word to us what he's put on your heart. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Uh, Boy, again, uh, some very difficult acts to follow. <laughs> wow. Well, I found this um, verse um, that someone left in the box. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 15. Uh, it says, Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. How do you understand this phrase, and how would it be interpreted? <clears throat> well, I, I think the best thing to do is um, look at the, the at the context of this verse, Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to start with verse 12. It says, therefore, strengthening the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet that so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall from the of the grace of God. Thus any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any foreign cater or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. I'll just stop there. <clears throat> um, starting in verses 12 and 13, um, we, we see a strengthening, uh, an encouragement to strengthen your hands, um, don't have feeble knees. Uh, it's it's um, uh, that we should renew our spiritual vi- vitality. Uh, don't let us um, get down, uh, but uh, strengthen our spiritual vi- vitality. Um, uh, strengthen your hands and, and be strong on your knees um, and make straight the paths of your feet. And verse 14, again, pursue peace. So we're being edified as Christians um, uh, to do this, to pursue peace with all people and holiness, uh, without which uh, no one will see the Lord. Verse 15, looking carefully. So we need to be careful um, of certain things if we want to remain strong in the Lord. Um, uh, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. 
falling short of the grace of God. This is apostasy. Um, apostasy is uh, professors, they profess to be Christians, um, but uh, they are not possessors. They, they pos- uh, profess to be Christians. Uh, they look like Christians. They talk like Christians, but uh, they are not. They have never been born again. Um, <clears throat> so falling short of the grace of God. Uh, apostasy is a root of bitterness, as it goes on, uh, lest any root of bitterness spring up. Um, and so apostasy is a root of bitterness. Uh, um, uh, it's, it's a person who turns away from, um, from the Lord. Uh, he turns sour from the things of the Lord. Uh, his, his defection is contagious, like, like a disease. Um, and it could, we have to be careful because it could cause us, our Christians, to also to become bitter, to, um, to complain and to doubt. And it gives <clears throat> an example of Esau. Uh, Esau had this root of bitterness, um, and and um, um, he 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 felt you know from early on he he felt that his birthright was stolen, and so he had this root uh, within him of bitterness, and um, and uh, that can happen to to many uh, if some if some perhaps. Uh, some children may be growing up in the assembly, and something bad happens, and they they develop this root of bitterness, and they they go through the motions, they go to church, but then they they really have never accepted uh, and committed their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so we need to pray for our kids. Um, you know, my kids um, they they've grown up in in um, uh, Christian boarding schools. And we are thankful for the teaching that they've received. And we're here we coming we come to the states now, and uh, we've enrolled them into a secular public school. And it's uh, you know lots of kids, and 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 so we're is a bit concerned for us. And the first day of school before they went off, I sat down with our children. And I said, well, <clears throat> you know, they were anxious and they wanted to make friends and so on, which is natural. And, and I said, well, be careful on the friends that you choose. You know, first of all, you know, see if you can find out, you know, who are the Christians and who are not. Um, and either way, either way, choose your friends carefully. Um, they, you know, look, thank you, look what they... Um, See what they are doing. Um, um, uh, see, you know, hear what they are saying. So don't be haste in choosing your friends. Um, and so, um, because you get into the wrong crowd, they can be a bad example to you. So I encourage them. Don't let them be an example to you. You be an example to them. Um, and so, well, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> uh, I hope that answers the question. Anyways. <clears throat>
Let's uh, continue. Um, turn with me to the book, to the Gospel of Jonah, Jonah chapter 3. <clears throat> now, there's some verses that I meant to read this morning that I just want to share quickly with you concerning the presence of the Lord. Um, and that's in Psalms chapter 139, verses 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the, earth, of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Um, you know, these verses are, you know, I'm just wondering if, if Jonah had thought of these verses, if these verses went through his mind while he sat in the belly of that fish. Um, even there you're, um, and, and, and um, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. <clears throat> and so chapter 2 concludes with so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land um, you know a beautiful picture well I don't know about vomiting so beautiful but uh, you know a picture of the resurrection of the resurrection um, you know it was a it wasn't a miracle that uh, a fish swallowed Jonah. The miracle was that Jonah survived from being digested. Um, and so here, it's like a picture of resurrection. Jonah, Jonah was a new man. Well, he probably didn't smell so well. <laughs> but, uh, but the Lord came again to him in chapter, one, chapter 3, verse Verse uh, three, uh, verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, "Arise, go, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you." You know, we could have ended at chapter two. You know, that's this book could have ended chapter two, and and it's a good story and it has a good message, but it continues on from there. Um, the Lord came again to Jonah, and Jonah hit the road. And so Jonah gladly uh, heeded the Lord's call this time. He was happy to go this time, I, I believe. But uh, he, went, he, was, he went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was 500, 550 miles away from, uh, from where Jonah was left off. <clears throat> and, you know, I have to... Um, I have to... Um, well, I have to give Jonah credit uh, for going all that way. Now, I don't know how he got there. Uh, it, must, it was a long journey, and um, I don't know what kind of transportation he had. It must have taken several weeks. Uh, but whether he went by camel or whether he walked or hitchhiked or, or you know, I could have flown him in my plane for in a few hours. Uh <laughs> But uh, it took him a few weeks, I'm sure. And there, it wasn't very comfortable, I'm sure. You know, he, 
he had his he probably had his same clothes on that he had in the fish and and uh, <laughs> uh, he, you know there's no Walmart there for him to change to get some new clothes or whatever and and here he's on his way no rest stops along the way like our kids always you know we we traveled since we've been home traveled out to the west coast traveled to the east coast and a couple times across the states and and uh, we put a lot of miles on the car but um, you know, and every other wet rest stop we had to stop. Dad, I have to go, you know. <laughs> um, and no McDonald's along the way either. Um, and, uh, you know, we had we had a pretty good. Uh, we had air conditioning in our car. Poor old Jonah, well, he, he, um, he uh, had a rough journey, I'm sure. So we need to give him some credit. And so he's uh, heading off to Nineveh, which is modern-day Iraq. And it was a pagan city. Uh, they were Israel's enemies. Uh, they did not recognize Jonah's God. They worshipped the god Dagon, which is is the fish god. And I think it's very interesting how how you know it's kind of ironic. You know, here they worship the fish god, and Jonah just had an episode with a big fish. Um, and whether they heard that news um, somehow, I don't know, you know, if they read the news on the Internet, I don't know. But uh, they um, uh, perhaps they heard, heard that news, I don't know. But here comes a strange-looking guy walking into their city. And, uh, and you wonder, you know, why would they take this guy seriously? Um, we, have, we have in our own country some, some of those who may get go out into the, the um, downtown in the cities and, you know, with a sign on a billboard saying, you know, the end is near. You know, we do have some, <laughs> like Mr. Camping and all of those, but, um, <clears throat> you know, and they're not taken seriously. And, and um, uh, so why would, why would uh, Nineveh take Jonah seriously? Perhaps they have heard of that story of him and how God is the creator of the sea. God controls the sea. God controls the, the fish of the sea. And, and it was a miracle that Jonah was not digested. And so Jonah looked pretty bad. He looked like someone literally back from the dead uh, after being in the fish for three days. Um, in verse 2, it says that um, the Lord says, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Now, if you jump down to verse 4, down at the, and it says, Jonah entered the city, and then at the end of it, it says, he, he, he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, we don't know if this is the, the, all the exact words that the, that the Lord gave to Jonah to, to preach. I sort of have my doubts, uh, and I'll let you know in a little bit. But um, but it says that Jonah will uh, that the Lord will give him the message to tell them, and Jonah and Jonah said, forty days and this city will be overthrown." Maybe he left it as that at, at that, or maybe he left out uh, to encourage them to to repent, or else you will be destroyed in forty days. I I don't know, but uh, this is my feeling. Um, and so in verse 5, 
what was their response? The people believed. The people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth and the, um, from the greatest to the least of them. And even the king persuaded them uh, to fast, uh, even the beast, uh, and so on. Um, in verse, if we jump down to verse 10, <clears throat> and the Lord and the God and God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that He had said He would bring to them, and He did not do it. God relented and did not destroy them. Uh, this must have been the greatest revival in the history of the world. Um, and you know what? The story could have ended here. Uh, and it has a great message, but there is something else that God wanted to teach Jonah and ourselves. In um, <clears throat> chapter 4, gives us the real reason why Jonah did not go the first time. You know, I always wondered why, and I always had thought, well, Jonah was afraid to go to this wicked city. I think certainly I would be. Um, here was a wicked, evil city. The people of Nineveh did works of unrighteousness, and uh, they were Israel's enemies. Um, and, you know, who knows, you know, if, if, if someone goes there to preach, who knows what kind of uh, uh, reception he would get. Um, I can imagine uh, going into a very wicked city in, say, a city here in this U.S., going downtown and to be heckled and things thrown at you. And, and um, uh, I can imagine uh, what it would be like. And, and here they were, they were Israel's enemies. Can you imagine someone from Israel uh, going to to um, uh, going to Iraq and preaching there, preaching them to repent and turn to the to the true God. Well, he he would not be received very well, I'm sure. Um, but um, but verse uh, chapter four gives us the real reason why Nineveh did not go. You know, he was not afraid what what the Ninevites would do to him, he was afraid of what God would do for the Ninevites. Um, he didn't, he, he, they were wicked people, he hated them, and so uh, to this, Jonah became very angry when they, they repented and God, didn't, and God relented um, from destroying them. In verse Okay, uh, chapter 4, And it displeased God exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarsus, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who re re relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life, for from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. Uh, why did Jonah be? Why was Jonah angry? Well, one of the reasons why 
One of the reasons is that a, the marks of a true prophet uh, is that all of his prophecies come true 100%. And if only one of them does not come true, well, he would be marked as a false prophet, and, and they would stone false prophets. And so that's why I said perhaps you know, Jonah really didn't give all the words that, that, God, that, that God had told him to say. Maybe he just said, 40 days and this city is going to be destroyed without really encouraging them to repent um, or else. And so another reason his fellow Jews would be angry with him for preaching a mis- message of salvation um, to their enemies. They may consider Jonah an, an, a, um, a traitor. Uh, and so here the Israelites... Well, God would, God will, God usually would defeat the Israel, uh, the the enemies of Israel, if they walked in His way and obeyed His commands. God would uh, defeat their enemies, and so, so Jonah hated the the Ninevites. Nothing would have pleased them more to see their destruction. Uh, they deserved to pay for their sin. Verse two. So verse two tells us why Jonah did not go. Uh, again, he says, oh, "Lord, I knew what you would do. I knew that you are a gracious God. Uh, I told you so, Lord. I, I knew what would happen. I knew you would forgive them. Uh, I knew you were grace, gracious. That's why I didn't want to to go there." You know, God's love and grace was extended to to uh, Jonah several times, and and in verse uh, chapter eight, verse two, he was very thankful. But when extended to the Ninevites, he was filled with anger. So Jonah, Jonah knew what. God would do. He knew he was a gracious God. Jonah was an Old Testament prophet, and he knew of God's grace. Um, and this was in the Old Testament. Like I said this morning, uh, there are many passages in the Old Testament that demonstrate God's grace. You know, and you know, I believe in the various dispensations of the ages, um, and that this is a dispensation of grace, and so on. But I actually. I, I believe that the whole uh, human history is a dispensation of God's grace. You know, God demonstrates His grace throughout all of history, throughout all the ages. But Jonah still needed to learn something. Um, and so uh, we, we often also forget... Um, that we what we ultimately deserve, but yet God showers us with His grace. Um, verse four. Jonah, uh, God, the Lord said, "Is it right for you to be angry?" Here's Jonah. A few weeks ago, you experienced my grace. Is it right for you to be angry? Well. Jonah really didn't answer the question. He just sort of went outside the, the gate, you know, 
up on a hill and just sat there and pouted and wanted to wait to see perhaps God would change his mind. Um, and so in verse 6, And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Here again, God is 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 uh, providing His grace, is showing Jonah His grace, um, and uh, and He provided a plant for him. But Jonah still needed to 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 learn something. And so, verse seven: In the morning, dawn the next day, God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun rose that God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat on Jonah's head, so that the that he grew faint. Then he wished Jonah for him. Then he wished death for himself, and said, "Is it better? It is better for me to die than to live." Jonah again became angry, and God asked the question again: "Is it right, Jonah, for you to be angry?" This time, Jonah answered the question: "Yes, yes, Lord, it is." right for me to be angry. God was asking Jonah, Jonah, what is it that concerns you? What is bothering you? What concerns you, Jonah? A plant? Me? I'm hot. <laughs> I'm miserable. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be here. Jonah was more concerned about himself about his own comfort rather than uh, than others, and we need to ask our own ourselves the same question: What is it that we are concerned about? What concerns us? The weather, the uh, our lawn, the air conditioning in our cars not working. Um, God is saying, Jonah, I'm concerned about people. I'm concerned about people. There's 120,000 people, Jonah, that's going to hell. And you're, con- and you're worried about a plant? And about your own comfort? I know, Jonah, I know that it's hot. But you know it's much hotter. It would be much hotter for those people going to hell. You know, we pray mostly, quite often we pray for ourselves. Uh, Lord, you know, help me to be the first in the line at the grocery store. Or, Lord, uh, pray that the weather is, is good next weekend for the picnic and so on. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, those are, it's fine to pray things like that. You know, if I, if I lose something, Lord, help me to find whatever it was that I lost. Uh, or it's not bad to pray for the weather. I, I pray for the weather all the time. Uh, when I'm flying, uh, I pray, Lord, help it not rain up ahead. Well, the farmers are probably praying for rain. <laughs> so the Lord must, I'm not sure who to answer. But, um, but what is it that we really need to be praying? We need to be praying that someone would take the gospel to those who are lost. Um, uh, unfortunately, we don't want to get involved. This takes time to to uh, 
to to get involved, to to witness, to to make disciples. Uh, our time is our most valuable asset, and 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 we like I said this morning, we come up with excuses. You know, I'm too busy, Lord. Uh, why are we too busy? Why are we so apathetic sometimes? Uh, we seem to talk ourselves out of it quite often. Everyone needs compassion, forgiveness, and the kindness of the Savior. You know, we tend to, to care more about ourselves. We need to care for those who are without Christ. Jonah cared more for a plant than he did for the people of Nineveh. You know, we tend to get upset over the simple things. We get angry about simple things that really doesn't matter. You know, ask yourself the question, what will it matter a hundred years from now? But then also ask, what will it matter a hundred years from now for those who are without Christ? People are going to hell, and we are worried about plants or our own comforts. Are we concerned about what God is concerned about? And verse 11 tells us, um, God asks the question, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern their, between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? <laughs> Life, that's interesting. Uh, even God shows grace to the animals. Um, you know, this is an interesting way to, to end a book of the Bible. It ends with a question. God is asking Jonah a question. Um, should I not pity the 120,000 who are perishing? Uh, perhaps God meant it to, to end it this way. Not only a question to Jonah, but also a question to ourselves, a question for us to answer. God loves the world. God loves the Jews just as much as he does the Gentiles. Uh, He loves the good as well as the wicked. And that is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for But God just demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let us pray. Our God and Father, we just we just humble ourselves before you and we're we just do not deserve your grace and your loving kindness. But Lord, we just thank you for it. We do not deserve it, but yet you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary's cross, that we may be cleansed from our sins, that we may have the gift of eternal life. We just thank you for loving us and for sending your Son for us. Lord, help us to be concerned about those who are lost. We pray, Lord, that you would send out workers to your field to to reap the harvest help 
Send us out, Lord, to, to, to share the good news that those who are living in darkness may, may turn uh, to the light, um, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you that you love them. Help us also to love them and to reach out to them. Um, and so, Lord, we just thank you for demonstrating your love towards us, that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so, Lord, we just thank you. Uh, thank you for your presence with us. And thank you uh, for your word and for what it teaches. We give you thanks. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.